Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast, brought to you by Zaxby's. Cure your cravings, stop in today or visit zaxby's.com. I am your host, Scott Wright, coming to you live from H.A. Chapman Stadium in Tulsa, where Oklahoma State just knocked off Tulsa in uh, a little bit of a surprising uh, con- contested game, 40-21 uh, to 21 the final score. Oklahoma State covers, for those of you who uh, pay attention to such things. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, so, uh, but it was closer than uh, than a lot of people expected, I think. Oklahoma State was actually trailing 21-20 to 20 well into the third quarter uh, before finally getting things together. But uh, but let's, uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, for those of you who don't pay attention, I'm Scott Wright. Uh, Oklahoma State beat writer joined by my beat partner Jacob Unruh. That's us. Thank you for listening. Um, but uh, but let's uh, let's jump in, Jacob, right here and uh, discuss kind of the uh, the up and down nature of of this game. A tale of two halves, almost uh, in a sense, especially for the defense. Um, you know, as we were sitting up here in the press box before the game, watching Oklahoma State come out for warmups, we were we started making a list of guys we weren't seeing. And that list kept getting longer and longer. Was, yeah, and as hot as it was down there, you kept thinking, oh, right. oh, oh boy, here we go. Uh, yeah. You know, the defensive line, I think what had nine guys suited up today. Right, yeah, one of those uh, being a, a walk-on who doesn't yeah. really play all that yeah. much. Yeah, uh, we didn't really expect him to play. We no. saw that and thought, mm, maybe he's just there just as a body if they get desperate. Yeah. And they got desperate. They did. Um, that second quarter, he thought... And that defensive line looks gassed mm-hmm. right now. Tyler Lacey, especially, yeah. looked like he was just worn out. Yeah. Um, and when you deal with that, it just seemed like that was the perfect storm to keep Tulsa in this game because yeah. OSU got up 17 nothing, super fast. Chuba Hubbard scored that first play of the game, and you're just like, oh, they're off to the races here. They get up 17 nothing. I'm thinking, this might be a blowout. Right, exactly. And then it just the defense tired, and then um, that second half throw from that defense – that was impressive. Yeah, and I know Tulsa's offense by a lot of people don't isn't very good. Right. Um. But I felt like that was a really good step forward for the defense going into Big Twelve play to show that they can get stops when they really need to get stops, um, and buckle down when things are going against them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It. The everything was going Tulsa's way throughout the second quarter um really there was uh there was about a 17 minute span uh where Tulsa had outscored Oklahoma State 21 to 3 and the offense wasn't getting any any momentum the defense could not get a stop for anything and you felt like it was it was going to be a ball game it was going to come down to the wire and uh to to make the adjustments that they made at halftime um you know Mike Gundy talked about the difficulty in actually making adjustments at halftime and, and executing them on the field. Um, you know, uh, people like to talk about that and, uh, and, and, and analyze it, but it's really difficult to actually go out and execute significant changes at halftime when you've, when you've game planned a certain way all week long for, uh, for what you're doing. So um, to execute that on the field in the second half, was incredibly impressive, and for those guys to to physically bounce back from the beating that they took in that second quarter was was crazy. I thought I thought Noel, Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, said it best in and post game. He talked about at some point a defense has to physically fight back. You know, they, they, it's not as much about X's and O's as it is they've got to just fight back. They've got to have the will to do it. They've got to have you know 
They've got, it's got to be able to do that, and that's really the mark of, of a defense turning a corner. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Tulsa only really had one legitimate scoring opportunity there in the uh, in the second half. And uh, you know, Mike Gundy took credit for for uh, nudging Jim Knowles to call a blitz, uh, and and Knowles dialed up a, a really impressive one with Colby Peel coming it was a in. Nice delayed blitz. Yeah, it was. It was, and uh, Peel came in untouched. They disguised it well, and uh, and Peel. Um, now <laughs> that's uh, three times now because I tweeted about it once last week, and and I made a joke about it. But you go back to uh, the Liberty Bowl last year. He made the tackle mm-hmm. on Drew Locke, the fourth down play, where he tackles the quarterback on a running play. Um, and he also had one uh, last week uh, where he where, the same thing, tackled the quarterback on fourth down to get a turnover on downs. And then again today, um, he's becoming the, a go-to guy on, he, on fourth down. Yeah, I, I think opponents are going to start looking at fourth down. Going, if we're running a fourth down play, just mm-hmm. make sure to get 31 because yeah. uh, we, we have a shot if 31 doesn't get to the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, But, I mean, that it was a perfect play call. It was. I I didn't even see him coming. To be honest, I was kind of watching, and then all of a sudden, here comes thirty one flying boom, through. He just flew out of nowhere. Um, there was a huge gap for him to run through, and mm-hmm. um, and Zach Smith never really saw him coming either. No, I never had a chance coming from it, the blind side. It was it was good. It was it was a good play call. Whoever gets credit for that, <laughs> uh, you know, well done mm-hmm. on that. Um, it was, but that, to me, it seems like the defense turned a corner, and that's one of the things I was kind of wondering going in this game as you get ready for Texas next week. What's the defense going to really do against an offense that isn't great by a lot of standards, but does right. does a lot of what the Big Twelve likes to do? Yeah, um, and has a quarterback that could throw the ball around a little bit, and mm-hmm. he got some decent receivers, a good running back in Shamari Brooks mm-hmm. uh, and Corey Taylor. Yeah, uh, you know they had some some nice pieces that I thought really kind of pushed the defense again, and they got pushed to Oregon State at times too. Right, that's not to say Oregon State didn't push them around because they've got a really good offense, but mm-hmm. you know I think this was a really good one after McNeese State to kind of get going again. Yeah. Um, you know Malcolm Rodriguez, a guy that we we didn't we didn't talk about at this point yet, but um, you know left the game looked like it might be a little bit of an injury. They uh, unfolded the pop up tent over there and, and took him in there and uh, and checked out the uh, the left shoulder. He comes back in, plays well after that. Kevin Henry uh, got an opportunity to get on the field uh, in uh, in his absence, and then played some uh, even beyond that, mm-hmm. um, and and played really well as as well. So uh, the linebackers in general, uh, Amon Ogbonpamiga was solid again. Um, got another sack and a half today, so he continues to lead the team in that category. Um, just uh, just really uh, after a uh, what felt like just a a gut punch of a second quarter, bounced back really strong. So really impressed with the, with what the defense did today. Um, you mentioned briefly Chuba Hubbard and the uh, the first play of the game, seventy five yards in uh, in ten seconds. The uh, the fastest in terms of uh, of time off the game clock that Oklahoma Oklahoma State has ever scored which is uh, kind of a cool stat yeah that, that is a really cool stat I also thought and I wrote this in the journal for tomorrow too that that was the first time they scored on a their first offensive play since 2016 right. it was uh Mason Rudolph to James Washington uh for uh 91 yards 91 yard touchdown uh, on the pass. first play against Pitt and uh you know that was I thought that was cool. You pull mm-hmm. out, you start pulling out names like that, and first play, right. and you know last week they scored in the first, you know second play of the game on on uh, on um, AJ, AJ Green's pick six. I was going blank for a second. Sorry, but AJ Green's pick six, and and there was a stat too that's three straight. Uh, but it doesn't. It, you know they've at least had two straight 
halves they've started with a touchdown now yeah yeah you exactly know? the second half last week mm-hmm. first half yep. uh today and and then obviously aj green's interception so that's yep. three halves where they've scored on within the first two snaps yep. of, of the half it's, it's pretty crazy that's pretty wild uh, you know and so they're, they're getting a good jump on some things and that led to a huge day for chuba yeah my goodness 200 foot 256 yards on 32 carries both career highs three touchdowns you know he entered the day with with 265 yeah. and, and four touchdowns on 34 carries. Mm-hmm. He almost had two games worth of work that he's had in one day yeah. um, and made it look really easy and, yeah. and really impressive. Yeah. yeah, he absolutely did. And, uh, of course, a, a lot was made of, of his workload last week. Eight carries, had the fumble, mm-hmm. which uh, Mike Gundy alluded to being a big part of the reason why he didn't carry the ball more. Obviously, they didn't need him either. Yeah. Um, but uh, it sounds like he was an angry fella. Yeah, yeah, he told me that he was uh, pretty motivated this week. He was mad at himself all week that that he only had eight carries last week, and he he said the, the the biggest problem with the eight carries was he felt like he didn't have any kind of impact on the game. And he's like, I can take eight carries if I have an impact. If yeah. I if I if I help the team win, that's fine. But he felt like he didn't do that, and and that's really what angered him all week. And so he made sure that he came out strong this week. And um, even Sean Gleason was like, I had a feeling he'd have a monster game because of the pressure he put himself all week. And man, he blew up. Yeah, he absolutely did. And, um, you know, it, if you told me before the game that he was going to have 32 carries, I would said that's that that's insane something went horribly wrong mm-hmm. um and obviously it was uh it was it was a frustrating day at times and uh and things didn't go smooth um but uh but they needed those 32 carries from him hit he, he iced the game at the end uh had a, a lot of yards on the final drive including the uh, the touchdown to put it away so um really impressive game from him uh tylen wallace it was uh the numbers at the end of the day look like a typical tylen wallace day but uh it was a it was a rough one for him too yeah he, he didn't throw particularly well i thought today spencer yeah spencer, spencer Sanders, sorry spencer yeah, did yeah. not he was he tylen was didn't off. throw the well either but no, tylen uh, <laughs> also also did not <laughs> throw bad. the ball well and it just felt like he didn't have the for tylen in tylen's case this is what i was alluding to he the balls weren't as accurate to him right at times right and that kind of left him out to try a little bit. Yeah, and and he was, he it, was mugged. He was. He was getting. He was getting deliberately tackled because it would. It was. It was a better scenario to take fifteen yards on a pass interference penalty than to uh, to give him a chance to beat you on a big play. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. It was a rough day for him. Uh, he ended up with the uh, the ninety yarder, which brought us back around to the same Mason Rudolph to James yep. Washington ninety one yard play, which yep. is the last time they had a uh, touchdown pass of over ninety yards. Um, but uh, but it was it was a, a bit of a rough day. He like, like I said, it didn't end up. You know, at the end of the year, we're going to look back and just remember that he had five catches for one hundred eighteen yards. Yeah, and a touchdown. Pretty much. Yeah. It's and that's, oh, it's another Tylen Wallace performance. Exactly. That's you know typical. Yeah. Uh, so I was actually shocked he dropped that one in the end zone. Right. In the first in yeah. the first quarter there in the corner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Some some people said it got broken up, but to me it looked like he just he got to his hip and then he tried to pull yeah. it in to yeah. his chest and flew out of his hand. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so that that was a shock to me. But other than that. Right. He was. He was. That's, he, there was no way he could catch a lot of those because he was getting hit. That's the point we've reached with Tylen Wallace, when he doesn't make every single play. Yeah. We are. We're. We're shocked. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the point that exactly. this guy has reached. It was like, wow. Point. Okay. All yeah. Right, well. <laughs> oh, I guess he's human. Okay. Yeah. Because I said, oh look, he caught it. And I said, oh wait, there goes the ball. Never mind. Yeah. He didn't catch it. Oh, exactly. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, now you you, you uh, accidentally brought I up Spencer Sanders, My bad. <laughs> uh, but he did have a a bit of a rough day. Um, mm-hmm. Really um, inconsistent in the first half through his first interception of the year. Which which got to give uh, got to give the the defender some credit on that. That was an impressive play. Jumped up and barely got fingertips on it. Knocked it up into the air. Tipped it about three more times before he finally came down with it. Um, but it was a little bit of an underthrow. Probably could have put some more air under that and been just fine. I had the completion to uh, Landon Wolf on that play. Um, Sanders fumbled uh, at one point. A lot of things that uh, that were um, that were kind of off off balance for him throughout the day. And you know, twelve of twenty two with a pick and only what one hundred sixty three yards. 100, yeah, one hundred sixty nine. I mean, it, it's yards, just. So. I mean, it's just. It's it's not typical passing numbers you expect, right? No, from Spencer or OSU's offense in general. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I, and I, full disclosure, I predicted he would throw four hundred yards today. <laughs> you so expected a big day. I did, and uh, you know, and that, and that's what got me off earlier. I was looking at the receivers to see. I was mm-hmm. like, only four receivers caught the ball, right? You yeah. know, and that's what got me triggered on yeah. on Sanders a little bit. There was like, wow, only four receivers. Um, you know, you got Tyler Wallace, Dylan Stoner, Landon Wolf, and Braden Johnson. Yeah. CJ Moore didn't catch anything. Patrick mm-hmm. McCray didn't catch anything. Uh, he ignored Jelani Woods on a play <laughs> yeah. that I'm still not happy he didn't throw to the big man. <laughs> throw to the big man. We Give all want to see shot. him catch a pass. Give him a shot. You know, and Let him he make a play. said threw the ball way downfield across his body to Dylan Stoner and for mm-hmm. an incomplete pass that Jelani was wide open. Right in, 10 right yards in front, in front of, of him. Yeah. It was it was it was a slam dunk, you know. And yes. uh, um but it, it was good growth for Spencer, I think, too. He was obviously it really, really was. frustrated, um, yeah. but found his way. Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely did, and that was uh, that was the thing. Probably more important than than what Tylen Wallace or Chuba Hubbard did, or what the defense did. Maybe not the defense. Um, I'll go back and forth on that one in my own <laughs> mind for a while. But uh, but it's right there with uh, as important as what the defense did was the growth out of Spencer Sanders. And but you know what, Sanders is probably more important because he's got almost four full seasons of this left. Yeah. And and this type of development that he showed today to hit these frustrating patches to you know to to read a defense and see and see something and you know try to execute and it doesn't work then see it again and execute it and it does work uh, as he did with the uh, the bootleg run that he had for a touchdown late in the third quarter that put them on top um, you know those are are. Are monumental stepping stones in this guy's career, and uh, uh, a ton of credit to him. He did not want to use his youth as an excuse for any of it. He got asked about it, and and didn't even did not even bite. He said, "I'm not I'm not playing that card. It's not okay just because I'm young. It's uh, it's not okay for me." And he's very uh, very mature in that way. A very intensely competitive guy. And um, you know when things weren't going smoothly, it was uh, it was really bothering him. Uh, but he maintained his focus going forward rather than dwelling on what had gone wrong. And I think that was uh, that was the most important thing. And you talked to Sean Gleason, I know, uh, before I was able to get over there and visit with him, and he sounded pretty fired up about the way his quarterback yeah he, he said this is what he wanted to see i mean yeah. he really wants to see a quarterback grow like this and he, he said he, he kept saying how proud he was yeah of spencer today you know that spencer has those frustrations but then he turns that corner and you think all right this guy's gonna be just fine yeah. you know there was never you know someone asked mike gundy too about possibility did you ever think about getting drew brown up basically mm-hmm. and there was never any consideration of mm-hmm. putting drew brown in instead instead of spencer and and that was because he was mad at himself more than anything else, yeah. and and that was a good sign. 
yeah. coaches, and especially Deshaun Gleason, who's what they're calling the plays and realizes, like, I can still call his number, mm-hmm. and it's going to be fine. Yeah, and then he comes through, and, you know, he, he has the bootleg run that I mentioned. Uh, then he has the 90-yard pass to Wallace, which was uh, which was probably one of his better throws of the day. It was, uh, you know, Wallace had to, to slow up a bit mm-hmm. for it. It wasn't uh, – It wasn't terrible in a throw, but it was still little. Yeah, but it, it was a deep throw, it too. It, it was. It was it was a deep throw. It wasn't it wasn't just a perfect dime, but it was. Uh, it just allowed the defensive back to come in and kind of interfere. Yeah, it was yeah, the only exactly. Thing, you know, yeah. it just pretty much is all it did. Yeah, um, but uh, but really uh, impressive uh, developments that that he showed today that are that are gonna gonna pay off. Um, but like I said, the defensive uh, performance to do what they did after uh you know i mean i had people tweeting at me that in the middle of the second quarter that it was time for Knowles to be fired yeah and, i mean it was and, it was getting ugly on social media for, oh, for a yeah, minute there. oh it was um and then when malcolm rodriguez gets hurt in the third quarter mm-hmm. and leaves i kind of thought and this might snowball again on them if he doesn't come yeah. back quickly um because he's turning this vital part of this defense there in the middle of yeah. it and uh he was quickly he was fine it, it they gave him a little longer to breathe i think to kind of right. to get you know feel a little bit better before they put him in but they finally put him back in i mean they, they were fine without him they were even better when he was back yeah yeah absolutely kevin henry played incredibly well when he uh when he got on the field and and that made it uh less pressing mm-hmm. for for malcolm to have to get back out there um and man, those defensive linemen—they were—they uh, were—they were so worn out and worn thin in that uh, in that second quarter, and uh, and never really showed any signs of it in the second half, which was uh, which was pretty impressive. I don't know if they had a bunch of IV bags going in. Yeah, in there, that, that's uh, a good question. Or, I mean, just a it was 125 degrees in that turf. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. It was. You could tell the way they, mm-hmm. they were they were moving around. Yeah, absolutely. The second quarter seemed to be really the hottest part of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was uh, it was definitely the uh, the the most difficult for for Oklahoma State on both sides of the ball at that point. So, um, now obviously uh, they turn their attention to Texas, a big one uh, next week, a Saturday night game in Austin. And uh, I mean, I think it's I think it's safe to say, uh, you know, we're as we're recording this the. Uh, Iowa State game is in progress and and maybe coming down to the wire right now with uh, with Iowa, um, but uh, you know Iowa State Texas OU um, at at this point I would say are the three biggest games on their schedule, mm-hmm. and so we're heading into one of those now next week and um, you know obviously we've got two more podcasts this week to uh, to dive into that game so we won't talk a lot about it, but uh, but it's it's crunch time now it's it's for real yeah and you, you you've got to like where OSU is as a team yeah. right now. I yeah, think absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go win the Big 12 thing. I'm not like, you know, leading a parade here or whatever, but I think they've, uh, I think they've, they've shown growth every week in, right. in various ways. Yeah. No matter what it is, you know, Spencer running the ball last week, going, mm-hmm. going on the road and winning a big game in Oregon on a Friday night. This week, the defense turned the corner. Spencer turned another corner. Yeah, when he has adversity for the first time, um, you've got to like that growth. And it's a young team in a lot of areas, and 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 you've got to like that going to Texas and knowing that they've already played two road games. So what's the third one hurt in four right. weeks? You know. Yeah. Um, you, you, I'm not saying they're going to go beat Texas yet. I'm not to that point yet in my right. head. But I think that they're going to go down there. I don't think they're going to get blown out. Right. You know, I think it's going to be a game that you're going to learn a lot more about OSU as we keep learning more and more, more about them each week. Yeah. I mean, think think about this. When it was 17 nothing today, if Tulsa just had just kept, you know, looking so-so on offense and 
Chuba Hubbard kept running the way that he did and had 200 yards at halftime and two more touchdowns. And and they were up 35 nothing at, at at the half uh, or 34 or whatever it might have been. Uh, you know, it's it, they, they wouldn't have benefited from that as much as what they went through today. And that's going to be more important next week than uh, than you know having having blown out and gone out and won you know fifty six to to three today. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, this was an important day. Uh, you know at the at the end of the year it's probably going to be forgotten and it's going to be just uh, just a game that they won and uh, and that's all it'll be for the most part. But this was an important day in the the growth of this team in a lot of different areas. Yeah, I think you know. You're right. If they get down, if they get up seventeen nothing next week, they may not blow that lead right this time because they're going to know better. Yeah, or not know better. That's probably the wrong term. They're going to know maybe a little bit better idea mm-hmm. how to maintain a lead. Yeah. Um. And or and, if they get or if huge. they get in a in a a bad situation mm-hmm. where they had they give up a couple of touchdowns and the offense goes three and out twice in a row, they're going to know that they can bounce back from that. Yeah. And and, and their and defense what isn't like. going to necessarily let them down right exactly you know i i big 12 is different i get it you know yeah. but i don't think their defense is just gonna be this thing that they can't depend on anymore absolutely all right well that'll wrap it up from uh from the place that i still want to call skelly stadium ha chapman stadium no, always, no disrespect to the the chapman family. yeah it's always skelly stadium to me it's i grew up on this side right. of the state it's skelly stadium skelly field at ha chapman stadium here in tulsa For Jacob Unruh, I am Scott Wright. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles. Brought to you by Zaxby's. Cure your craving. Stop in today or visit zaxby's.com.